Let's burn something. Two talk show hosts square off in epic battle. Sharif, Sharif, Rasulam. He can suck my. Yeah, I, I'm a loner, man. I don't like people. Let's burn something. So, if there's anything that you want to talk about, any kind of secrets or stories or bids, now's time to put it on the table, okay? Let's burn something. All right, welcome to another edition of Let's Burn Something. I'm one of your hosts, Sharif Reef Musalam, joined always by Burn353. This episode, we got a special guest interview for you guys. Mr. Catatonic, am I saying that right? Yeah, Catatonic. Catatonic. Uh, I mean, it's spelled with a D, C-A-D, uh, so it's kind of hard to make that sound when you're so used to saying Catatonic, but <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's C-A-D. How did you get that name? You know, I started design work as a CAD designer, uh, doing product design. And that's been a big part of my life. Uh, not necessarily like artistically, but as far as getting my foot in the door and being confident as a designer and being able to build things in 3D, um, CAD has been a huge part of, you know, my learning curve. So I was trying to think of a cool way to say that and the word that came to mind was catatonic and honestly catatonic has nothing to do with anything <laughs> other than <laughs> other than cad fit really well and i thought it sounded cool that's nice. cool so did you start off so what did you actually start off designing well i was always an art nerd like th- you know from the time i could pick up a pencil or a crayon i was good at drawing and i loved art but when it got close to me actually going to college, um, I did not have a lot of support uh, as far as people telling me to go to school for art, even though people knew I, I was good at it. So the next closest thing to me was going to school maybe for CAD or to become a product designer of some sort. So I went to school for engineering and wow. got a degree in mechanical engineering. And nice. honestly... <laughs> I mean, it did end up helping me get to where I'm at today, but I hated it, dude. Like, yep. <laughs> uh, it, I suffered. I mean, those years in college taking, like, high-level math and physics, uh, I mean, the CAD part of it was just, a, a like, a fraction of, of the type of classes I was taking, and those were the only ones I liked. Um, but, I, but I got my degree and ended up being a product designer, and I still do that, actually. So I run Catatonic, and um, I still uh, design products as well. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah, th- that actually probably pays the bills more than the art side of things, but I would love for some day, and I think I can see kind of the light at the end of the tunnel for Catatonic to kind of take off and be able to do that independently at some point. Wait, so were you taking? What were you taking in high school that you you decided to go that route? Like, what was the what? Like, what basically directed you to go into engineering? Oh man, you know what? It, high school really didn't do it. So, I was taking like college prep courses, just general courses. Okay. And um, when I went to college my freshman year, um, that's when I saw. I, you know, I looked at the course list and I saw CAD courses. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to go into fine art or graphic design because people tell me I can't make any money doing that. And I, honestly, I do regret that. But <laughs> I could take CAD classes, and maybe that'll take me somewhere. And I started taking CAD classes, and then I got some internships doing CAD work. Um, and it just kind of went from there. And and the guys I ended up working with as an intern or, like, part-time CAD designer, mm-hmm. they encouraged me to major in mechanical engineering, which is what I ended up taking um, after that after that freshman year. That's crazy. Do you think that um, since you like did go through it that route, that now when you just do three um, D design and and stuff, do you think it like helps? You're like, man, this is way easier than the other stuff I used to do, <laughs> like the classes uh, yeah. I used to take. <laughs> so it's yeah, like maybe it for helps sure. push you because I know some people just don't have the drive to design stuff like they they have the great imagination and they have the skill to do it they just don't have the drive to push through and get it from start to finish done 
you know? Yeah, I'm conditioned to do that at this point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you have to I mean, deadlines and everything. Yeah, um, in engineering school especially did that. Because you had every single class, like all the instructors had the same formula for you to complete a problem. Like you, you had to write the problem out. You had to show your work. You had to give an answer. And then you had to, um, I, can't, I can't remember the fourth part, but, you know, it was systematic. And yeah. there was a path you always had to take, and it's just burned into my brain forever. And working <laughs> in 3D and CAD uh, for all those years, like part-time when I was going to school, yeah. It's just second nature at this point. Like, that's how I see If I look at somebody's um, art that is 2D, mm -hmm. I automatically, like, think about it, how, how it would be 3D. Like, it just that's happens. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So, like, going through that, I like, uh, I'm always curious, like, like art and all that, you're, in, you're usually uh, motivated by music or something. Not, you usually have something in the background. We always talk about this, like, yeah, Burn will listen to podcasts and all that. Is it different when you're uh, doing 3D modeling? Like, do you have to have like silence or anything? Or no, I, I'm a huge art and music nerd, um, so I never do anything without headphones on, um, even engineering work. <clears throat> um, growing up, like in, I'm an '80s kid, so like late '80s, I was, um, let's see, 13, 14 years old. And that's when things like Run DMC, Raising Hell came out, or yeah. House of Pain's first album, nice. um, Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction. Oh, yeah. And then the, then the grunge stuff. So, like, early on, when I'm sitting in my bedroom, I'm listening to that type of music. You know, compared to when we were kids, I think you guys are similar age to me. Um, I mean, I can just, I can dial up anything. It's so freaking, yeah. I know I'm aging myself horribly right now, but <laughs> it's just so amazing to be able to go onto YouTube. Oh, yeah. And YouTube is yep. telling me what I should be listening to, you know. Um, but you can like, find albums that I didn't even know existed from artists. Like, I was, like, looking at stuff. Like, I listened to this artist, like, all my life, but I was like, I didn't know he made that album. You know, it's like... <laughs> All of a sudden, oh, I'm yeah. finding stuff like crazy Christmas albums from like Motorhead and stuff. You know, it's like, what the hell oh, is yeah. this? <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. And, you know, when I was in college, and I think I heard you guys talk about this in your first uh, podcast with Dink KC, yeah. um, the internet wasn't really a thing when I was in college. I mean, it was there. Yeah. But the only website I specifically remember was Consumption Junction. I don't know if you guys ever went to that, but uh -uh. Um, it just they just had like weird videos, <laughs> like, you know, like, you like weird car accidents. I mean, it's you know it's real common stuff today, but um, just the weirdest videos you could ever find. It was it was compilated there, you know, and we would sit in the engineering lab and because that's where the only high speed internet was, and watch those like all morning before class. But that's funny. But yeah, we, man. we were when I was in college. The only thing you could really do on the internet was like download illegal music, because that's when like Napster yep. kind of was starting, and like yep. um, then you could also oh, just chat rooms. I there was I remember Yahoo Chat being like a thing, like Messenger <laughs> and all that being a huge thing. Like you, you, it was cool to be able to chat with people from all over the world. I think yeah. that was the cool thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. And then that sure. got old as soon as YouTube came out. <laughs> but yeah, but, you know, like, circling back, though, that's I listen to music all day. And when I talk to people and they tell me that they can't concentrate when they've got music in their ears, it kind of upsets me. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? What do you mean? Like, what inspires you? I, I mean... How do you have like this blackness in your head while you're you a robot? Trying to I like silence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Right. So I don't get that at all. It, it upsets me. But, yeah. You know, that's, teach uh, teach their own. That's terrible. I remember my roommate used to get mad because I'd have the TV on, music playing, and then like a movie or something else going on. <laughs> <laughs> like and he's and I'm like typing the paper and he's all looking at me like, "What the hell are you doing?" That's just multitasking. Yeah, I mean, I just you just need that distract. I don't know, some reason that distraction helps you focus more on whatever the hell I'm doing. So yeah, it's yeah. like a bunch of crazy noise, background noise. <laughs> I mean, sometimes when I have to read something that's complicated and I really have to understand it, I'll do it without music. But yeah, um, almost anything else, if I'm writing something 
or I'm drawing something or I'm doing something in 3D digitally, um, I've got to have headphones on. Got to be playing music. So what are you listening to like currently? What's your go-to? You would, what would uh, you say? You know what? The new music that I'm listening to right now, um, Sticky Fingers from Australia, they're a rock band that um, I discovered over the past couple of years. Um, they don't seem to be very popular here, but I saw them in Detroit last year um, in a small club, and um, I think they're I think they're awesome. They, they're just kind of a, kind of straight up rock, um, kind of more like poppy modern rock. Um, it's hard, kind of hard to explain, but I'm That's really cool. digging them. They're from Australia. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I just just started listening to uh, Biffy Clyro. Have you guys heard them? No. Nope. So I guess they're they have millions of views online, but I just discovered them. I don't. I mean, again, another one of those bands that just popped up on YouTube. Nice. But uh, they're from Scotland. They're kind of uh, a mix between metal, hard rock, and emo kind of. I mean, they kind of have an emo look, and they do have some softer like music, but they also have like some pretty metal stuff too. Um, it's a pretty cool mix what they do. Yeah, my YouTube takes me on some crazy like journeys when it comes to music. Like I'm, I found this one guy. <laughs> I was showing my wife. She was. I was trying to explain it to her, and I'm like, here, just watch this video. <laughs> it's like this dude named Bushy One String, and I was like, <laughs> I'd never heard of this yeah. guy or any seen a video, and he plays a guitar. It just has one string on it. And you're looking yeah. at it before he starts, and you're like, what is going to happen? And then he starts playing and singing, and I'm like, this is really freaking good. <laughs> like, he's hitting the, the, the guitar like a drum and playing the one string, like, all it's got. All it's got. Everything that you can get out of that one string, he's got. <laughs> he's getting it. And I was like, dude, this dude's on it. I like this guy. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I've, I've heard that guy. I saw him on um, NPR Tiny Desk. Yeah, uh, he was on that. He was on that web show, but it, yeah, it's pretty funny. amazing. Yeah, I watched yeah. that too. You find a lot of good music on there, like just the people that you normally wouldn't be turned on to. Oh yeah, and um, and then you get to see people that you know, like in a really different situation from what mm -hmm. you're used, how you're used to seeing them, and they actually sometimes sound better to me. Oh, yeah. Have you ever seen um, Jam in the Van? It's similar, like they yeah, play inside yeah. of a little bitty cramped van. And it's yeah, funny it's when great. they got a big, big like five-piece group because it's like they could barely yeah. fit in there. Funny. Yeah, one, another favorite, uh, Marcus King band, I think was in that. Um, yeah. And they had five or six guys jammed in there, <laughs> and they, they crushed it, you know. That's nice. Like, it's, it's amazing the sound they get in there. I had you, um, most. I don't know if um, most people know, I tag you all the time when I post it, but I had yeah, you, thank you. Um, take Scat Cat design, or Dirty Dan design, and turn it into uh, 3D so I can, we can make 3D printed toys. And I had you do that a while back, but I mean, I still have you print those every now and then. Most people are like, how'd you get that molded? Or I'm like, it's not molded, it's 3D printed. Right, right. right. <laughs> it's like, and I send them your way all the time. Like, Go have him do it. <laughs> how did you... Uh find him burn i don't i was just friends with him online just like with most people and i think i saw him post something that he had made and i at first didn't know that you did 3d printing stuff or 3d sculpt any of it i just saw your stickers at first yeah. i remember you with the robot head stickers and stuff like that right and so and then all of a sudden you started posting these things that you you had designed and i'm like that's what i need somebody to design this thing so that i can have it printed so i can make a toy out of it you know i just I found him on there and asked him to do it and he's like yeah i can do it <laughs> <laughs> and i don't i don't remember either it's it's probably just what you said like i think we were liking each other's work and mm -hmm. you know you probably just randomly asked me that's how it usually happens um yeah i definitely get referrals i'm sure you referred a few people to me i've done work for i wouldn't be surprised um yeah. but sometimes people don't tell me uh who they were sent by you know what i mean oh um, yeah if they do if they do i definitely shout that out but um you know you never know it's hard to tell sometimes but yeah i just said them your way like who, they're like who because they think that i molded it or that i made it i'm like i designed the 2d part i'm like he turned it into 3d i'm like and i send that send them your way because right. i don't do that <laughs> <laughs> right so it's not even like a competition. That's not why I always hate when people act like art's this big competition. I'm like, we're all doing a lot of different stuff. Some of it's similar yeah. and crosses over, but it's not going to hurt you to send 
clients this way or that way for stuff that you know you can't really do. I don't want to waste time trying to learn the 3D aspect of designing when I just, I'm a 2D designer, I'm a 2D painter and stuff. It's just what I do. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes, you know, I've had people ask me to do, like, articulating um, mm-hmm. models, too. And I can do that, but for me to do that, it's probably going to take a lot longer. Uh, it's going to cost a lot more than what they want to pay. Um, and frankly, I, I'm not sure I want to do that. And that's yeah. why I do. That's why I do quote it so high. Um, so I'll send them to somebody like Inaction Toys or somebody like that. Inaction's too big now, but um, you know I have no problem like kicking somebody yeah. down the road to somebody else. I mean, it's not competition for me either. That's cool. It's like, and plus, it's like then that person gets maybe gets the job instead of nobody getting the job. Because sometimes oh, yeah. the person just throws their hand up on the project and says, "Well, I'm just not going to do it." You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, at yeah. least somebody gets it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That's that's uh, how I look at it, too. So is that the uh, typical process? Like someone hits you up, and that, then what do you ask for? Just front side view, like drawings, or like the whole front back side? Well, I got to go even more simple than that, usually, because a lot of my clients are first-time um, toy makers. So they have no idea what I need at all. And most of them don't, they're not even sure that I'll just make one toy which I happily do because I think there's a lot of guys out there that do minimum. So like they probably have experience going to somebody and saying, Hey, will you make me one resin toy? And they'll say, I only, I make 50 minimum. Or if they go to somebody like in Asia, they'll probably be told we only do 500 (laughs) minimum (laughs) and that's going to cost an arm and a leg. You really need to do 2,500 if you want them to cost, you know, what you want to sell them for. Um, but since I have another job, <laughs> like I can kind of play the game where sometimes I'll do stuff close to cost, you know, just to continue to get my name out there. I guess it, it just depends on the job, who the artist is. And honestly, I do pay attention to, um, I'll, I'll look at their Instagram page and, you know, see what they're trying to do and see how simple the design is and kind of cost it that way. But again, like I have to start out with well how many do you want and once i know how many they want then i explain the process yeah i need front side top view if possible as many views as you can give me um then i need to know if they want it in color or if they just want you know uh, black or white so they can paint it and then i have to explain too if they want more than one that it's going to be a higher cost just to print versus building a mold. And it's not worth it to build a mold unless you're making like, I'd say typically like 20 to 25 parts. So, you know, yeah. there's a lot of variables I have to explain to people. Yeah, it just seems like, and it also depends on like, like you said, it's like, how much do they want? Like some people just want one toy. Some people yeah. are like, how much is it to give me like, I want a thousand. You know, it's like sometimes you yeah. got to kick them down the road because you're like, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I could do that, but I'm not, I'm not personally going to do it. Like I have some people I know, some, some companies I can contract to do yeah. that. So I'll do that. But you just like um, subcontract it. You just yeah. like say, take on the job and then just get them to do it and then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that adds to the cost a little bit too, you know, because it adds extra shipping, um, things of that nature that wouldn't happen if I was just making them in my basement or something or or in my shop. Did you uh, start off, uh, I mean, like 3D printing, I know has been around forever, but like the um, interest in it kind of just, I would say, what, last 10 years or so? Is where artists start, uh, you know, wanting figures and stuff? Yeah, I would say for... You know, just general use, public use, 10 years is probably pretty accurate. I think 3D printing has been used in manufacturing, though, for probably 40 or 50 years, if I had to guess, um, without looking it up. But as far as being affordable for, like, just someone to make a blank or, like, a master model, I'd say about 10 years is is probably right. So when you got out of college and and you started your your business here, what were you initially going for like were you doing like shirts stickers or you know i thought it would be graphic design and possibly uh animation and video like commercial work because i had i had sat down at tape my kitchen table with a couple buddies of mine one who was really good at animation and 3d modeling um i had 3d modeling experience and a lot of like 
engineering project management experience. And I, I felt like that could, with my artistic background, like that could roll over into putting together storyboards and stuff and managing projects, like larger video projects. And then I had another guy who was also a 3D digital modeler. So I was like, you know what? I think we know enough and we have enough experience like we can do graphic design work we can make like commercial videos um and we can sell that you know via social media when i started the business it was only like six years ago so instagram was pretty hot uh twitter twitter was too uh, it was easy to put together websites um, so i knew to market it would be basically free so that was the initial idea but then on the Instagram page, I started putting up 3D prints because I was doing that at work um, in our in our 3D print lab. And just like out of the blue one day, I had a message from an artist named Thirst. And he yeah. had seen the 3D prints, and he asked me if I could make him one based on his artwork. And I looked at the sketch he had. I said, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. And that was my first... I guess, you know, professional resin toy job. So what uh, was it from Thirst? Because I know Thirst. He's my homie. Yeah, yeah. Like, what was that resin toy? Like, what did it look like? I can't remember what he calls it, but it is his Yeti figure. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's, um, I think he's drawn that a lot. Um, maybe yeah. not lately, but uh, he used to draw that all the time. And so it was that. It was the Yeti figure. And I made a, I want to say it was, it was pretty tall. Probably like six or seven inches tall something like that yeah we he came to my house one time and um we collabed together in my um shop he's like one of the only artists i've actually collabed like we just sat there and painted yep. together and um made a piece one time and then uh, we also traded art i got one of his pieces when he he was here it's just like cool dude like like his he draws these cool guys i don't know there's got a lot of motion to him and it's like um throwing a heart at these yeah. wolves that's pretty crazy. Oh, uh, you know what? That's funny you say that. Like, I have bought a few of his pieces, and one of the pieces I bought was, um, it's like a, like a kid laying on the ground surrounded by wolves. Mm -hmm. Like, he, he is amazing at, at drawing wolves. And they um, look so snarly, and like, yeah. just, just like they just mess you up. <laughs> but same as you, man. I'm drawn to, like, emotion and art. So mm -hmm. when I look at his stuff, like he has a real amazing way of conveying that, like mm -hmm. some sort of feeling, you know, whether you have, obviously you're not having the experience he has, like when he's painting, but he's able to convey it and like hit yeah. you in, in a way that, that you feel it too, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. He's a, uh, he's really good at, um, he's been into, um, making knives and stuff and he's really good at that. <laughs> I've I was, seen that. I was, I was on his, um instagram and i was like what is he doing now <laughs> he's like always up to something new <laughs> yeah and that's a guy who i have met in person like we um one of the few people i have a relationship with outside of uh instagram yeah we um i actually recommended him for an art show in cleveland that i had a piece in too so he submitted and he got he got a piece in and we met um that weekend and hung out a little bit that's that was cool. pretty fun yeah it's like you said like most of the time we like um you meet online only you know like i'm friends with guys for 15 years but we've never met in person <laughs> oh, yeah yeah there's lots of people uh, that i've met in the art world through instagram that i do consider friends but yeah the, the closest i usually get to them is a phone call so it's it's yep. weird it is weird <laughs> so i was gonna ask uh where are you located out of i'm just north of ann arbor right now okay so like where do you have like a, a general idea like where most of the people that follow you or, or contact you for work are coming from or i mean i know it's the internet so uh, it's kind of yeah honestly i've done work for people all over the world at this point um I've done work for an artist in London. Um, I've sold toys everywhere, um, Europe, um, South America, Canada. I'm doing work, I guess the, the most recent work I'm doing is through a tattoo artist in Canada. He's become a really good customer, um, Darcy Cameron. Check out Blank's, Blank Stare Era toys. Like I've done a bunch of little um, resin toys for him lately. And I think... Burn, you've liked a couple of those pieces, I think, like the uh, Barrel of Monkeys, but they are oh, yeah. modeled as like Stormtroopers and, yeah, Storm and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, he, he's got a pretty 
pretty sweet imagination. I mean, it, it typically is, you know, customers in the U.S., but for some reason, like, I've gotten I've gotten work everywhere. Yeah, it's, it's like when you see somebody that can do it, it's like that's one thing. Because I see a lot of you guys on Instagram that post that, you know, hey, we, I can do this for you. But I think your advantage is you can do it affordable because you yeah. have another job on the side. Whereas a lot yeah. of these guys that are doing it full time, they they have to charge more. You know what I mean? But like you're yeah. in a, a situation where you can work with people a little bit better. Because I know with me, it's like I couldn't afford a lot of these toy prices. Like you said, they wanted, well, I only want five. You have to at least do 500 toys or you have yeah. to at least do this or that. And I'm like, the minimums were crazy. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what, too? There are um, some companies that, like early on, I went to for advice, and I also went to to try and help me when I couldn't make things myself. When I could do, like early on, I could do the 3D digital, but I wasn't sure exactly how to get a nice, smooth master model. Um, I knew a lot about 3D printing, but not high res. So I would go to, I'm not going to name names, but I would go to like uh, some shops in like LA and New York who were popular on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I would ask them, and they would say they could do it. Pricing was outrageous, number one. And a couple different times, they just left me hanging. They said, yeah, I can help you do that. Here are the prices. And when I said yes, they just stopped talking to me. I had the same situation. Same situation. When I was looking for people to do it back when I had you, when I found you, I had contacted a couple people. And the same thing, they would be talking until they give you a price. And then yeah. they ghost you. They're just like they didn't want the job because they didn't want a small job because they knew I only wanted like a couple. You know what I mean? Or, yeah, you know, yeah. I think that's what it was. So they were like, I don't want that job. And it was it was odd. Like the client I had at the time was actually a pretty popular artist, like at least regionally, mm-hmm. and he could afford it. So when I gave him the price and he said yes, <clears throat> I think they were surprised. So they were just like, okay, we're not gonna do this. Yeah, and they don't know how to do it. Not gonna <laughs> even. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's funny, though. <laughs> it's like, you wonder what their mindset is, like, for business. Like, what are they trying to accomplish, really, when they're, you know, not, a, they're like, oh, I can't do it. I'm just not going to reply. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know why they waste the time, you know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> to even quote it. Like, they, they sent me a PDF quote. Like, I mean, why, why even do that? I don't get it. Somewhere in their spam folders, all these like potential jobs, and they're sitting there like, I wonder why nobody contacts us anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> Wait, so when you had to work with Burn, he's like a perfectionist where he gets really uh, <laughs> into things. Like, did he ask you for like about twenty like retakes and all that? Um, there's definitely revisions with Burn, but <laughs> I, yeah. I, under- I, just I understand them. Though. Enough hands up, I think it was the only, and we changed the hat a little bit. But I yeah. think we didn't do too many because I didn't want it to get outrageous. Because I already knew he was doing it really cheap. Because I didn't, so I didn't want to like push him too much to do a bunch of you know magic tricks <laughs> yeah i mean the things you were asking though were legit like i've got i have customers from you know both ends of the scale people who i'll i'll send them a model expecting them to ask for a bunch of changes and they say no perfect print it and which is always shocking <clears throat> like no revisions is always shocking. It is. It's um, scary almost. You feel like I don't yeah. want to do this. <laughs> yeah, it's like I had to miss something. Did they look at it? I mean, did they look at yeah. it spinning around in 3D or not? I mean, <laughs> but uh, but then there are guys and and I'm burning us towards the lower end. Like those those changes were no problem. But then there are people who probably put my cost what I originally quoted. They probably double it over the course of all the revisions that I do yep. for them. And I almost always do it, too. Like I'm in the I'm same a, boat. I'm a sucker sometimes. I am, too. Um, but you, and, get in, you get locked in, and you don't. You feel like your reputation's on the line. I told yeah. them I could do this design for them, but then they add to it, add to it, add to it. And I'm like, yeah. now it's not what you said, and it's not what I quoted. Like, yeah, really, you've changed it so much, it's, it should be ten times as much. <laughs> yeah, I try to be way more clear up front. Now that I've got a lot of experience with that, like I, I try to be very clear up front that 
revisions that are not part of the original design are subject to an hourly charge. So I, I'm really clear now on that. But the first like two or three years that I was doing this, I, I did not say that. I was just trying to uh, just trying to make things and get get my name out there, you know, um, any way I could. So I, I did not want to be smeared in any way, shape, or form, so, even if it so wasn't my fault. Speaking of getting your name out there, everyone's always talking about exposure and doing things for exposure. I yep. hate doing things for exposure. I always do <laughs> things for money as yep. well as exposure. Like, so as <laughs> of all that, you know what I mean? Like you can yeah. get both out of the deal. But um, out of all the projects you've done, what do you think is the project that you think you've got the most exposure from? Maybe unwittingly, you know, you yeah. I just you just did the job, and then all of a sudden it led to a lot of followers or something. There's probably a couple of them. Um, so again, early on, like I was trying to think of how to market myself and how to get attention mm-hmm. from people, and. I was listening to this podcast, Let There Be Talk, uh, by Dean Del Rey. He's a, he's a comic out in L.A. Yeah. And I was like, how can I get attention to people? You know what? I'm going to start drawing people who are somewhat famous, and I'm going to tag them and see if I can get a reaction. And I drew a caricature of Dean. Yeah. And I put, because I, and I noticed that he responded to fans, too. That's one of the reasons I did it. And I tagged him, and he responded right away. And he actually looked at my page, and he saw that I made stickers. Mm-hmm. And we were on the phone, like, the next day. That's wow. sweet. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, this can't be real. Like, this like real comic in L.A. is talking to me. I barely have a business at this point. And then, <laughs> like, a couple weeks later, I was making, I don't know, like, 2,000 stickers for Dean. Because he was, like, on the track of... Uh, the attitude, the obey attitude, Shepard Fairy. I'm gonna get yeah, my out there, however I can. Yep, and I'm gonna give stickers to everybody who comes to my show, and I'm gonna stick stickers up on every like light post in LA, in every city I go to. So he wanted lots of stickers, and he let me design uh, his stickers too, um, which was which was pretty cool. He didn't really have like you know, an image in mind necessarily. I love that um, working with those clients. Cause they're like, I'm just a comic. You do the art part. <laughs> yeah. and not to say like Dean's got a really like great artistic mind, but yeah. you know, I had already kind of like put his face into graphics for him in black and white. And he, and he really dug it for the first one anyway. So he already liked the image you came up with anyway. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I want to say, that we traded those stickers for ads on his podcast, nice. like in the very beginning. So that was a huge one. Um, I got a lot of business from that. And then I think, like I did this little toothy toy for mm-hmm. Scotty Munster, who's a tattoo artist in Minnesota. That got me hundreds and hundreds of followers. I'm not sure how much business it got me, um, but it definitely got me tons of followers. That's nice. Yeah, I always like yeah. getting them. Um, I get a lot of tattoo guys that um, want me to do woodcuts for their sh- tattoo shops just oh, to yeah. spruce up their little tattoo areas or to yeah. do the big sign out front. And it yeah. always seems to lead to, like you said, a lot of followers. Maybe not, I don't know if it leads to business, but it does lead to a lot of people seeing my art and going, oh, who's that? And then they find me on Instagram. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, there's a, there's a big tattoo expo in Detroit every year. And I try to go to that. And when the tattoo artists aren't busy, um, I'll go talk to them and, and show them pictures of what I did for Scotty especially and other resin toys I've done for, for people. And I've got a lot of interest that way um, and, a, and a few clients too. Um, so, yeah, man, it's just it's kind of a grind, um, but it's worth it, and it, it definitely pays off. So how's the grind changed for you right now since, like, the world's on lockdown and you can't do conventions and all that stuff? Is it you still just pushing everything online? or? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say things have changed much yet for some reason. Yeah. Um, you know, people aren't – I haven't really been selling my, my branded toys lately, so that's not going to be affected anyway. I just haven't had mm-hmm. time to paint them. Yeah. Um. But as far as making blanks and and resin toys for clients, that's actually pretty steady right now for some reason. And I'm I don't I don't know why. I, I thought it would slow down. I'm the same but with my commissions for for wood yeah. paintings. I thought with the, what's going on is he was like a lot of people losing jobs and stuff that it would affect. Yep. 
everything. But so far, I'm still, you know, still getting work, and it's still pretty steady. It's pretty cool. No, I do. I do have a client that I just made a blank for, and I was gonna make probably like a hundred toys from the blank for him, mm-hmm. and they're they're holding off. Um, yeah, I'm sure it'll happen, but they're just waiting for the right time. Yeah, I've had a couple like, you know, hold off before they started the commission, but nobody, nobody just pulled out yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. So, what's your uh, like? I know it's based on the projects, but like, what's your like turnaround time? Do you have deadlines? Like, I know with Burn, you know, it's he's got his plate full with stuff, and it's he'll yeah. try to get it for you, but you know, obviously, yeah. Um, are are you I'm, the same I'm... way, or are you, are you you mentally? put deadlines when you're talking to people yeah it's it's kind of tough um i usually try to ballpark for people um i don't i'm probably not as busy as burn i usually only have one to three 3d projects going on at a time i can usually tell somebody it's going to be two to four weeks for me to get the 3d digital done um you know if there's other if they want more than that i mean turnaround time for building molds and um multiples that's adding on another four to six weeks. So um, that's pretty constant. I'm, I'm pretty confident that I can hit that typically. Are like people, uh, they don't like hassling you or uh, getting on your case about deadlines and all that stuff. That's probably like from the art aspect, you, you just get like, all right, man, wait up. <laughs> <laughs> no, people do, man. Um, people do that all the time. You know, and they do, they're usually super nice. They'll, they'll just ask, excited. how's it going? You know, and it's going, dude. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. Like, I don't mind that at all. Uh, I know they're excited. Usually it's somebody who, again, is like just starting in this world of designer toys. So I know the feeling and I totally understand where they're coming from. So I don't mind that. It's um, people who I can tell are giving me fake deadlines. Like, that's that's what bothers me. Um, and then, <laughs> honestly, that hasn't that hasn't happened in a long time. Um, but it has, and I, and I can almost always tell when that's going on, but, um, <laughs> usually pretty cool. Usually pretty cool. Fake deadlines. I need this yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get a uh, hit up by like other, uh, designers for like, oh, what are, what programs you're using or what are you doing here? This and that, or. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. People ask me and I don't have a problem giving that out. Like I use. Uh, SolidWorks for things that are uh, more mechanical. Like if somebody gives me a robot, uh, something real boxy, um, I'll use SolidWorks. And if it's more organic, I'll use uh, ZBrush um, or sometimes Blender. Blender is actually a free uh, 3D modeling software online um, that I, I learned to use first, actually, as far as organic modeling. Um, and it's it's really deep. You can do really anything on a professional level with Blender. And again, it's it's like totally free. But to me, it's, it's not... like I I know a lot about 2D graphic design, but I I downloaded Blender like when it a while back when because it, it's like you said it was free and yeah. I had zero idea where to start because I'm <laughs> I don't know anything about CAD at all, so I'm just like yeah. what is going on? <laughs> oh yeah, you you have to go through the tutorials like A through Z. Mm-hmm. Like there's really there's really no getting around it. It's not something you can just kind of, I don't know, guess. Like, no, you can't. I taught myself how to do Photoshop, and I taught myself how to do Illustrator, and that's what I use to design everything to these day, this day, mainly Illustrator. I hardly ever use Photoshop. But it's like I just taught myself uh, just by messing around. My roommate at the time when we were in college had it on his computer because he had a really nice computer, and he never used it, so I just used his, taught myself. But I tried it the Blender, yeah, yep. that's nothing. I mean, you could teach yourself, like you said, but you'd have to go through all the tutorials. <laughs> oh yeah. It, but but I think for free, and it's very uh, like you said, it's got tons of tools and stuff for something that's yep. free. Yeah, you can even animate in that. And that's I agree, man. I know I'm pretty good with Photoshop and Illustrator too, and um, those are way more intuitive. Like the the tool toolbar, mm-hmm. like the paintbrush lets you paint. And the line makes like makes you draw yeah. a line, like, stuff like that. When Blender, um, it's nothing like that. 
I mean, no, it's all zeros. Then it's all, everything starts on the zero point or something. Yeah, yeah your coordinates. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's where you just leave it to professionals. That's, that's and that's all I know about it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Do you, uh, do you have people like hitting you up to like like want to learn under you or anything like that, like <clears throat> apprentices or anything? Or yeah, occasionally um, people ask if they can send me resumes, but uh, you know, I've got like two really reliable guys that I contract to right now <clears throat> occasionally when I'm too busy. Um, outside of that, it hasn't been necessary. I I toyed with the idea late last year of hiring someone to do um, like street team and marketing type work mm-hmm. and answering uh, sticker requests, but I haven't even totally needed to do that yeah it would probably help but i would have to pay them on a commission base and there's really not enough work to make that worth worthwhile i'm afraid that i would hire somebody in that capacity and they would get bored with it and they would keep my stickers or whatever i give them to do yeah <laughs> i don't want to lose my stickers so um <laughs> I've held off on that. So what are you like marketing wise right now? Like, are, are you mostly just sticking to social media or do you, I mean, obviously with the lockdown, can't really go anywhere, but like, yeah. do you like, I guess, uh, have a strategy going right now or just whatever happens, happens? Uh, right now, um, I actually had a, a, a child two years ago, so I have two now and that makes me a lot more tired and busy at home. <laughs> so my marketing um, has slowed down as well, um, and I, but I've made a recommitment, you know, at the end of last year and into this year to really try and get back to where I used to be, because I, when I first started this out, I had I, th- I mentioned this a street team. So anybody on my website, catatonic.com, there is there still is um, a link to the street team. And when you go there, uh, you fill out a form. I send you a sticker pack and instructions on what to do with the stickers. And then I have people post up, like, where they put them. And then they get to, like, ascend to a new rank on the street team. Um, I have been really slacking with that. Like, it was, it was pretty awesome when I started it. I had, like, people putting posters up in India and oh, Ireland and South America and Canada. And I, I couldn't believe people were doing that, man. And it was so worth the postage to send those people stickers and um, paper posters. Uh, so that is what I want to get back to. Um, but right now, it's just Instagram for the most part. I definitely get hits on my website and I get customer requests for quotes on my website, but I would say a solid like 90% is coming through Instagram and, you know, word of mouth. That's good, man. It's good that like that word of mouth just still just keeps a, keeps something like this alive. You know what I mean? You yep. think it would take a lot more, but I really don't advertise with anybody or do anything. It's just word of mouth. It's just me posting every day. And then yep. people see it and somebody wants to buy something or somebody doesn't, you know, just goes like that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the only advertisement I've ever done was with Dean and that was either, you know, a trade for work. Um, yeah, I guess it's always been, you know, trade. So he would give me legit advertisement on the front end of a podcast uh, for a batch of stickers which is, in my mind, totally fair, you know? Oh, yeah, sure. But, um, yeah, besides Instagram, Twitter, my website, and Facebook, um, I, I don't do any any marketing outside free social media platforms. That's what, everything I, um, everything I um, look for, it has to be free. I mean, I'm not going to pay a bunch for something I don't know it's going to work or not going to work. Yeah. It seems like everything's got to be free. But that always seems yeah. like uh, a lot of the free stuff turns into not being free eventually. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I guess I take that back. My website is Square, a Squarespace website. So I pay like 10 bucks a month um, for that. But I do that because um, I interview people, and I still got to get you burned. But um, I've got interviews on there. 
I've got my street team uh, form on there. It's real easy to set up. Uh, it, and the, my uh, store, too. And I know you can do that on free platforms, but um, I just like, I, I don't mind paying 10 bucks a month uh, for all yeah, that. It's not that big of a deal, yeah. Yeah, I don't to have to code. That. You know, everything's all set up in advance. Mm -hmm. I just have to drop in pictures and stuff. That's pretty, pretty sweet. It's worth it. Yeah, sometimes just making your life easier, it's worth just paying a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I remember the days we used to have to do HTML and stuff to make a website, and it sucked. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I, the first website I had, um, I attempted to do it that way. Or I, You know, I actually kind of built, uh, built the scaffolding for it, um, but never launched it because <laughs> by the time I was ready to launch it, there were all these services like Squarespace. I'm like, oh, I can afford, at the time, I think it was 8 bucks a month. I can afford 8 bucks a month <laughs> to yeah. not have to like update my HTML or to keep oh, learning yeah. what I have to do. <laughs> Sometimes it's this, I, you could do it and you could learn it, but do you have the time? Because like, you want to spend your time on other things sometimes, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a big, big part of it for me. And that's why it's like I, I have no problem, like, hiring you or having somebody, like, take it, take my 2D stuff and make it 3D because I don't have the time to learn how to make it 3D. And I don't really yeah. want to. Like, I could probably do it eventually, but I just don't want to learn it. Like, if I did, I think I'd learn it by now. Like guitar, I always I had the, this romanticized idea that I, I, I want to learn how to play guitar someday. It's never gonna happen. <laughs> Dude, I have a guitar too, and it's got it's got a broken string and dust on it, and it's it's not gonna happen here either. I'm not gonna be the rock star that I always nope. dreamed about being. It's too late. So yep. I have several guitars learn a few chords, right around uh, here. No, none of them get played by me. My kids yeah. play them, but I don't. <laughs> oh yeah, I've got my son. Um, we got him an electric guitar uh, two Christmases ago, and um, he's gonna learn. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna make sure he learns. Uh, <laughs> Somebody in this family's gonna be a musician. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, exactly. I keep telling him like, there's no greater job in the world than being like a real musician and getting yeah, paid yeah. to create that kind of art, um, or really to be a legitimate artist and be able to do that for a living. Oh, that's um, fun. I mean. What what's better than that? I don't know. Nothing in my book. No, I, I feel like I'm a I feel like I'm like I'm not like a big time artist, but I'm it's paying the bills and I never thought well I had like you you like you said when you were going to school, I had everyone tell me that you couldn't make money at art. And yep. they're full of shit. You can make a lot they of are. money at art. <laughs> yeah, for sure you can. It's and just like what had, kind of art. <laughs> yeah, if I would have had better foresight Again, like the internet was kind of trash when mm -hmm. I was in school, but if I would have known what that was going to become and I would have majored in graphic design, like I probably own a graphic design company right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, like for it, sure. It, it just uh, it just wasn't there, you know? And the graphic design wasn't there when we were in school either. I mean, no. I'm 42, so I think we're all, you know, and I went to school with uh, Sharif, so... I think we're all around the same age, but like when we were yeah. in school, that graphic design stuff, like I was doing Adobe Illustrator at that time, and it, that version of Adobe Illustrator could very, very, barely do a lot of the stuff. Sure. You know what I mean? It was like, I don't know. I remember designing my first stuff was on Commodore Amiga. They had this, that was the first design program, and that was when I was in, was I maybe junior high or high school. One of our okay. professors had a Commodore Amiga. Because he was like a tech professor, and he he edited video and did graphic design, and yeah. he was he was one of the first people to do that stuff. And then uh, he had that, and he t he was like, "Here, you can you can draw stuff on here, and we can animate it, and we can make it move." And he showed me like a real simple thing that he made, and then yeah. it blew my mind. And I'm like, "I gotta learn this." <laughs> and that was probably like super pixely, right? I mean, oh, like not... pixel by pixel, yeah. Everything. Yeah, I remember uh, Corel Draw. I don't know if that's still around or not. Yes, um, so fun. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> yeah, I remember trying to use that and not being like super impressed. And um, I just yeah, draw stuff in paint. Just, I remember yeah. pixel by pixel in paint. I draw eyeballs. 
like these <laughs> little like screaming hands and eyeballs yeah. or anything like um like old school skateboarding but I used to just see what I could draw in there pixel by pixel and then I'd zoom out and zoom back in and see if I could mess with it and make it look 3D. <laughs> yeah, I did a screaming hand for somebody not too long ago. Um, it was kind of you know, a the mashup. baby one. Yeah, yeah. The baby body one. <laughs> yeah, it had a body with a, like a big booty. It was kind of funny, funny looking. Yeah. <laughs> Those are weird to me, honestly, though. I mean, and, and let me ask you this, Burn. Like, you get requests a lot to do like pop culture. Um, yeah stuff what in your opinion or like legally what what is the um what are the ramifications there like if you alter it well i feel like i'm just doing one like to me somebody's coming to me i'm doing one painting so i don't i'm not planning on making a thousand of whatever they come at me with and i try hard to change it yeah, And I design everything. Like, even if they come at me and want, like, Mickey Mouse, I would design that Mickey Mouse to where it was my design yep. all the way. And then I paint it, and I do it for one person. I don't think it's a problem. But I don't even do Mickey Mouse. I try not to do a straight-off character of somebody else if I can get away yep. with it. I, I try yeah. to mash it up with other characters. Because I feel like um, that's that's what where you get away with it. Is it got to be... Um, it's kind of got to be like a sarcastic representation of it, you know? Yeah, and you've, you've got, like, your own style, too. Like, when I yeah. look at, like, if you do a 80s wrestler or something, I can, I feel like I can tell if you painted it or not. Yeah. Versus it being, like, a graphic from somebody else. Um, and it seems to me like that's good enough. If you if you put a spin on it. Yeah, you just got to do your own thing to it. And when it comes yeah. to people, too, it's like, they don't really have an image of it. Like, if you're not copying an already made image of that person. You're just going off of a photograph and you design yep. it. It's hard for somebody to say anything. You can't just, you can't paint a painting of me. Well, yeah, I can paint a painting of whoever I want to paint a painting of, you know, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so it's hard for them. As long as you're not trying to mass produce it, like with prints and slapping, slapping it on t-shirts, that's where you're going to get in trouble. That's where you're like, I'm yeah, going to make a the... ton of this image, you know, you go to comic book conventions that's pretty much our sally or prints of characters people don't own yeah i don't and i don't understand it like i, I don't, don't either yeah, i don't either because <laughs> i, I talked to somebody that does the same thing he deals with a lot of old school skateboarding um graphics and he does a straight off um toy box monster he does a straight off representation of the actual graphic and i always asked him i was like hey man i was like do you get in trouble with that and he said he's talked to the actual artist and they usually don't care because they've already made their money off of it and the actual artist doesn't even own that graphic anymore because when they when they did it for santa cruz or pal peralta pal peralta now owns it and pal peralta's also made their money off of it years ago and with reissues so they don't really care either they see it as free marketing so a lot of them don't care at all depends on how big they are and if they've made their money off of it and i've bought those too like i have a I have a Ren, Ren and Stimpy sketch in my mm-hmm. office, and that was not drawn by the creators of Ren and Stimpy. That was just a, <laughs> a really good artist at a Comic-Con in, in Chicago um, that I, I really dug the picture, and so I bought it from him. Nice. But, so, yeah, I don't have any issue with it. I just kind of wonder what, what your opinion was. Oh, yeah. I, I, I just kind of try to do my own thing to it, like you said, and when I'm done with it, it usually looks like I did it. So, you know, in, in my mind, it's like, you know, I kind of did my thing to it and my twist to it and put some darkness to it. Like, I usually, I like to take cartoons and make them a little dark with, cart, like, skulls or, I don't know, just give them a little attitude. Yeah, yeah. So, I usually try to do that no matter what I do. And I feel like when I do that, it kind of puts a little twist to whatever it is. It makes sure. it kind of my thing. So, you got any projects that you're working on right currently that you're excited about? Yeah, so... Again, I'm doing a lot of work for Darcy Cameron of Blank Stare Era, and he came up with some really, like, a really innovative idea, I think. And I, I can talk about this because he's posted pics of uh, the first version, but he's doing popular tennis shoes, but in the shape of a square. So if you can imagine, like, the, your favorite sneaker of all time, yeah. if it was squished into a square... Uh, he's making a series of those Um, and the first one I did was a DC style shoe, skateboard shoe that's cool Um, 
and I think, and like I said, he's got that up on Blank Stare Era on Instagram. Um, so I'm doing a second one. I probably can't talk about the second one right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but and then another uh, mashup for him. Um, that's that's pretty cool as well. That I don't think he's released um, what that's going to be either. So unfortunately, I can't talk about it. But the shoe shoe project I thought was pretty innovative. I I don't remember ever seeing anything like that. So like super creative on his part. That's nice. Yeah, it seems like shoes are popular lately. Like a lot of shoe collectors and stuff are wanting more than just shoes there. Like I I want a painting of my shoes that I like to. <laughs> <laughs> I want a toy yeah. of my shoes. <laughs> You know, I get that. I get the um, the sneaker collecting to a degree. Uh, you know, I'm 44, so I grew up in the Jordan era, um, the Air Jordans and all the Jordans after that. So, you know, I was into sneakers. I didn't buy a ton of them because um, I couldn't afford them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I get it to a degree. I'm surprised at how big it's blown up, honestly. Oh, yeah. Like, to the point of having YouTube shows concentrate on like what sneakers are are like the best ones and where currently or in the past (laughs) or or showing celebrities going into um i can't remember what shop it is in new york but there's a real famous shop in new york and they go shopping for sneakers i think it's on complex or something yeah um i mean i don't i don't quite get that but yeah I don't yeah, get it. I don't get crazy. the feel, honestly. I don't collect shoes at all, but like I like shoes. Like I got a yeah. couple pairs of Vans and stuff yeah. that are different. But like I just don't get the fact of you're collecting a shoe that I don't. It's not going to be worth anything after a while. I watched this one thing right. where a guy collected shoes and he didn't take them out of the box and everything, and then it showed him trying to take them out of the box to see how much they're all worth. So he had to see the condition they're in. Yeah. Sitting in the box, the shoes fell apart. Like the glue over time let go and stuff, so the shoes uh, were worthless. And he had like tens of thousands of dollars worth of shoes that were just worthless. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, man. If I buy a pair of shoes, I'm wearing them. Like, exactly. Just not, there's no way around it. And yeah, I'm a Vans guy too, so I'm typically wearing Vans. If I'm not wearing Vans, maybe like those Asics Onitsuka Tiger shoes I really like, but maybe occasionally like some old school like basketball sneakers, like the Jor- old Jordan style. But yeah, it's it's a pretty weird phenomenon. I had, I had a dilemma. Like I got these Vans because um, I I love like Disney and Mickey Mouse stuff, and when Mickey and and Vans did their shoes together. They came out with Star Wars stuff, and they came out with a bunch yeah, of stuff, and I bought a Star Wars Vans, and, stuff, and then I bought these Mickey Anniversary Vans, and I got them on a, at a good price, didn't think anything of it. I'm wearing them around. <clears throat> I'm at the store and, and the mall, and this kid's like, you're wearing those? He goes, do you know how much <laughs> those are worth? And I like, go, no. And he goes, dude, those are like four or $500 of shoes. Oh, jeez. <laughs> And I'm like, now I don't want to wear them because, like, now I know they're worth money, but I don't care about it. So should I wear them? I, yeah. I'm wearing them, I think. <laughs> I think it's more it's more baller to wear them, for sure. Yeah, I think I'm just going to wear them. I'm just going to keep yeah. wearing them and just act like I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you one thing. If it's raining, though, I'm not wearing them. <laughs> yeah, you got to draw a line somewhere. you got to draw a line somewhere. I don't want to ruin them. <laughs> Just to sign off here. So where could people find you? Like your website, social media. So on Instagram, catatonic catatonic, C A D A T O N I C and catatonic on Twitter, catatonic.com and catatonic on Facebook. And yeah, I highly recommend them too, because I've had them do work for me, so I recommend them. I'm gonna, go I'm get, gonna, get I'm gonna have to done. get a character done of mine too, I think. Trash Panda. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I was looking at that today and I was wondering if you've ever had somebody look at that, no, I haven't. That. I just I'm lazy, so I'm I'd definitely be hitting you up for that. The I, Hunter S. Sweet. Thompson Trash Panda. All right, there you go. <laughs> I got I got the woodcut from uh, Burn here. Yep. Yeah, I'd wall. love to do it for you. Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> definitely do that. Uh, hopefully, you didn't regret coming on this podcast. I'm surprised people want to come on here. <laughs> no, it's <was laughs> fun, man. I, I appreciate you guys having me for sure. Bird hit me up. He's like, "Oh yeah, we got we got this dude who wants to do an interview." I'm like, "What? No, get out of here." <laughs> He's like, "Who?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Name names. You're lying to me right now." <laughs> come on, you made him up. People, people love Burn. You don't believe that? 
No, not at all. I've known him too long. He's known me way too long. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right, man. Thanks. All right, and, uh, catch you later. Later. Later, guys.